if you get a notebook out and write down the big moments of anxiety or the biggest moments of anxiety that you've experienced in your life, often what you'll find is that there is a pattern of what triggers the anxiety. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Rage Active Podcast. We're bringing you insightful conversations to help you live an active and inspired life. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. I'm your host, Rachel J, and I'm super excited to get stuck into today's episode with you guys. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will know that we do some longer form conversations with some really amazing guests, and I also deliver some solo episodes that will help you along your health and wellness journey. So this is going to be one of those episodes. And it's one of the topics that I feel is super relevant every day, but particularly during this period of time. Now, I put out a little poll on my IG about how you guys are all feeling about being in lockdown and with no surprises came back with the most popular answer was uh, well, basically, it was my neck, my back, my anxiety attacks. So, you guys, I know it's not funny. That's a bit of a, a funny take on anxiety, but it's probably not that funny when you're actually going through an anxiety attack, to be honest. So, I thought I'd get stuck into a little bit about anxiety and my experience with it. Also, some tips and things that you can do to help you ease that anxiety during this really crazy time. Some of you might not really have experienced anxiety before this crazy COVID time. And so it may be new to you. And those of you who have experienced anxiety previous to COVID, it just might be exasperated because we're now just constantly faced with uncertain happenings all the time. We're kind of being thrown in and out of lockdown. We don't really know what's going to happen in the future. So if you're already prone to anxiety, you may be experiencing heightened levels of it or just more triggers around what causes your anxiety symptoms. So the reason why mental fitness and mental health is so important to me is because I've experienced anxiety on and off through my life. And to be honest, when I first had a panic attack, I didn't actually know it was a panic attack at the time. So I was in LA. It was my very first time in LA. Some of you know that I have been an actor. I am an actor on a break at the moment. And so I was living in LA on and off for several years, but my very first time that I went to LA, it was the first night that I was there. And I was very young and being in a really strange city, exciting, but also very scary at the same time. And so I was in this apartment and I was suffering from a major, I thought I was going to die. Basically, I I, I didn't know what was happening. I'd never experienced anything like it before. My heart was really racing. It was palpitating so hard. I thought my heart was going to beat out of my chest. And I, all I was thinking about was how the hell am, like, how the hell am I going to stay here for the, I think I was there for pilot season. So like three months or whatever it was, how, how the hell am I going to be here for three months? Uh, and I feel like this. It, it was not what I thought it was going to be when I landed there. I thought I would be so excited. Obviously, being in Hollywood, it's, you know, it's a dream of any actor or lots of actors to go to Hollywood and do the LA thing, do the pilot season and whatnot. And I just was sort of sitting up in bed. I think it was like midnight or 1am or something like that. And I was just thinking... I don't know if I can do this, this, I, and literally thought I was going to die. Then the rest of the trip that I was there, 
basically I, w- I spent a lot of my energy trying to manage my emotional state because I was so anxious the whole time. And what I experienced there on that trip kind of comes up for me every now and then, not to that degree, but what I experienced on that trip was just literally loss of energy. I lost my appetite. I was barely eating anything because I just, well, firstly, just didn't want to do anything. I had no motivation to get up and go anywhere. And no energy. Also, I found it really hard to focus on things. And even if I tried to get my mind to focus on something, it would just immediately spring back to worrying about stuff and being scared and anxious. And so I really had a terrible time the first time I was in LA. And however, I do feel that it was probably one of the best times that I had because I learned a lot about my own emotions and how to manage my mind. So there are a few books that I read over that period of time that really helped me. One was How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. That was one book that was amazingly so helpful for me. Courage, The Joy of Living Dangerously by Osho. I've mentioned this one in the podcast several times. And Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, which was again another one that was really great for kind of coming back to your inner voice. Anyway, those books really helped me. But aside from that, that was my first experience, conscious experience of anxiety. Now, I didn't really know that it was anxiety at the time, obviously. I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't know it was a panic attack at the time either. Um, But obviously, since then, I've had more experiences with being anxious and having anxiety. And so now have come to put language around what my experience was. So I now know what that was. So basically, there are several parts to experiencing anxiety and it's different for everyone. I think everyone has a different experience of anxiety and it manifests in a variety of different ways through your body and your mind. So the physical manifestations of anxiety you may be experiencing, like me, it could have been a loss of appetite. It could have been, you know, heart palpitations. You could even get sweaty palms if you're in the heat of maybe a panic attack. Uh, Overeating is another one as well where you actually Uh, want to eat more and a whole bunch of other symptoms where you maybe just don't feel quite right in your body. There's definitely a physical aspect to experiencing anxiety and you may experience those symptoms on a variety of levels, right? The mental piece to this, because the mind is so important when you are experiencing anxiety, it plays an instrumental part in creating this experience for you, is that you may be experiencing things like racing thoughts, catastrophizing. Now, that's one thing I think that a lot of people do, and I, and I do this too, is that you your mind just immediately goes to think of the worst case scenario. I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you Uh, feeling anxious and you're thinking about the worst thing that could possibly happen and that's why you're feeling anxious. So that's one thing as well. Worrying about things and we're often worrying about things that are out of your control. Also feeling overwhelmed by things that you have going on in your life and a lot of the time anxiety is also associated with future pacing. So thinking about the future, worrying about the future, worrying about what you can't control that's coming up in the future. And I think that's really relevant for what we're going through at the moment with COVID because we don't really know what's going to happen. So 
you know, when you're going through this kind of panicked state or anxious state, again, to varying degrees of what, however you're experiencing that, what's happening in the body is that you are in a fight or flight mode. What's going on is that your adrenals kick into gear and start to produce cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone that is there to basically bring your body back to a natural state. So it's trying to reduce your stress or, or manage your stress levels so that your body comes back to its natural state. So one of the things that I think is really important is to become aware of your triggers. Now you'll kind of notice if you if you get a notebook out and write down the big moments of anxiety or the biggest moments of anxiety that you've experienced in your life, often what you'll find is that there is a pattern of what triggers the anxiety. If, if you are conscious of it, sometimes you're not. And sometimes, you know, something happens, you become anxious and you kind of have no idea why you became anxious. But one of the things you can do is, is write down when you do become anxious and you can start to notice a pattern of what actually triggers your anxiety. It's probably not so much the content in terms of, you know, the actual circumstances, the specifics of the circumstances, but more if you look at it from a broader perspective. So for example, for me, future pacing is one that tends to make me anxious. It doesn't really matter what I'm thinking about the future. It could be anything. It could be a relationship. It could be career stuff. It could be work stuff. It could be, you know, body stuff, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter what area of life it's in, but it's all the common thread is that it's got to do with something in the future. So you want to look out for the commonalities of these triggers that happen when you are kicked into an anxious state. And when you are a little bit more aware about those triggers, then you can just be aware of them when they do happen for the next time. I think one of the the important things to note as well is that you actually don't want to try and make yourself not anxious. I think when these thoughts come in or when these triggers come in, just to notice them and that in itself will help to reduce your anxiety. So I guess that's the first step, right? The first little tip that I have. Become aware of your triggers if you can. And again, writing it down is a really great way to do this. I think for me, because I journal a lot, it's really easy for me to reflect on things that I've gone through in my life. I can actually go back and see when big events happened or if I felt anxious at any period of time, what was going on in my life, then I can actually note and find the pattern of what it actually was that triggered it. So writing again for me is always going to be one of the fundamental tools that I use for self-reflection and especially for having a look at your anxiety and your pattern of anxiety. The second tip I would suggest is to now we want to start to calm the nervous system and obviously reduce those symptoms so that you aren't experiencing them in such a intense way. And meditation, so tip number two, meditation is is always something that I will recommend. It's not something that I always practice. Sometimes I don't feel like doing meditation and I prefer to do something else. So totally fine if it's not your jam, but it is a tool that you can use in your little toolkit that will help to soothe your body and calm the mind. And what it does is basically, it almost puts you in a kind of more restful state. Your body obviously is not doing anything when you are meditating in terms of action orientated movement. And so it allows things to just settle 
you are able to just watch the thoughts or witness your thoughts as they come through. And it just allows you some space in your day to just take a moment to yourself, find that silence and be still with yourself. Sometimes I think meditation can seem more difficult than it is, but just find a method that works for you. Like you could do a guided meditation. You can just lay in bed, you know, just for five minutes with some nice music. This is what I tend to do just, you know, for five minutes or 10 minutes in the morning, I pop on some nice meditation music and, and I meditate before I get up. So you can find different ways to do it. You can repeat a mantra to yourself. That's something that you can use to focus your mind on something so that it kind of doesn't dart around. If you would like to do that, find the, the method of meditation that works for you. Tip number three is to get into nature. And I do this a lot because I live by the beach. So I'm always out there sort of near the ocean, near the seawater, near the sand. And being around nature has such a calming effect on the body. But I think it just brings you back to your own nature, your innate nature within yourself. And it allows you to just separate yourself from the culture, the world that we live in and just take a moment again just to find some stillness. So if it's not by the beach, just find somewhere that has lots of trees or something that you can get in touch with the rawness of being in in somewhere that's sort of untouched by anything and, and kind of replicate that state for yourself. Tip number four is breathing exercises. And Brené Brown, if you're familiar with her work, she's a social researcher and she references this in her work a lot. Uh, also in the military, they use this in trauma situations. So soldiers will use this when they're obviously on the ground and in, in obviously very stressful situations. So all you need to do is breathe in for four counts and breathe out for four counts. I'd add to that, breathe in through the nose for four counts and breathe out through the mouth for four counts. So that firstly is going to focus your mind on something. Secondly, it's going to shift your physiology. And you've probably heard me talk about physiology. It's shifting your body essentially or shifting the elements of your body to create a new emotional state. Breathing is a really simple thing to do this. Obviously, you can use movement as well, but breathing, you can just sit there and breathe and use this particular breathing method to shift your state into a new state. And it's super effective. So it's one you can do on the spot if you ever feel anxious. Tip number five is to go for a walk. I find walking to be such a it's a very yin practice and I spoke about this with my guest on the show in a recent episode, Dr. Amanda Waldyke, who's a Chinese medicine doctor and we talk about yin and yang and yin is the more feminine energy that we experience. We all have feminine and masculine energy within us and we all go about doing different things in our lives that emanate more feminine energy or emanate more masculine energy. Often feminine energy is more associated with rest and replenishing and nourishing and the masculine energy is more associated with action-taking, goal-orientated, sort of moving forward, taking action and doing things. And it's a little bit more yang. So, We really want to do things that are a little bit more feminine and allow the body to nourish and replenish. Walking is one of those things that I 
love walking. However, in terms of training, it's not really something that I would go to as a first preference because I know that, and I know I'm not alone in thinking this, that, you know, walking to me is, that's sort of not really training to me. It's very, you know, low key. It's, you know, and, and for a long time, I would use walking purely as an active rest. And that meant that I was training six days a week doing pretty intensive training. Now what I've started to do is to incorporate walking as part of my training regime, which to be honest, has taken a little while to adjust to because of this belief that I had that it wasn't enough, basically. But what I have noticed from going on more walks is that my body actually has come back to its natural baseline and it releases stress. It brings up those cortisol levels down and it just allows your body to find that balanced state again, which means that when you are training and you are doing those more intensive workouts, you are going to be more effective when you are doing those workouts that are that do require a little bit more yang energy, a bit more action-based workouts, right? So I can't advocate enough how good walking has been, not only for my mental state, but for my body and movement as well. So it just get yourself out on a walk. I feel like you know, most of us are doing that during this period of time anyway. So keep them going and keep them regular. Tip number six is to do some yin yoga or if you're not keen on yin yoga, shavasana. So those of you who are familiar with yoga obviously will know yin yoga is the slower practice. And again, coming back to this slowing down, taking the body back to a restful state, calming down the nervous system. You are usually in poses for much longer during yin and it's to stretch and release the muscles and often you know those poses are a little bit painful to start with especially those hip openers pigeon pose and whatnot but ultimately it's there to replenish and restore the muscles now if you're not familiar with yoga and you don't know what yin yoga poses are what to do You can always Google them and they'll just give you a few just to use. But I love Shavasana. Now, Shavasana is is a pose that anyone can do, whether you've done yoga or not. And often Shavasana is practiced at the end of any other kind of yoga practice. I mean, there's different types of yoga like vinyasa and all those kinds of things that are more dynamic. At the end of the practice, people will usually do Shavasana, which is simply lying on your back which is like the best pose ever. (laughs) And, you know, often after Shavasana, you come out of your yoga session and you are just in this blissful state, like you're literally walking on a cloud. So you can skip all the other part and just do the Shavasana bit and just lie on your back. And with that, you can add in your breathing exercises, you can add your meditation in, you can do all of that in Shavasana as well. So you can combine all of those. But I find that even if you take you know, sort of five minutes to do that. It will again help to bring those cortisol levels down and return your body into a more balanced state or a more calm state. So they will help you at least, those six tips will help you at least alleviate your anxiety experience, at least in the moment. And I think longer term, what you want to do is keep noting down those triggers because the more you become aware of what actually triggers your anxiety the more that you just know to look out for them. It's not necessarily that you want to avoid those things or that you 
are going to do anything to prevent those triggers because sometimes things happen in life that we really can't control. So it's not to try and control the triggers. It's just to be aware of them. It's purely for self-awareness. So hopefully these tips have helped you guys. I think that definitely at the moment, anxiety and our mental fitness and mental health is in the forefront of a lot of our minds, even if we're not really thinking about it. I mean, I feel like some of us are just like, let's just, I just want to watch some funny stuff on Netflix or on YouTube and just kind of get lost in that hole for a little bit, which is totally fine. I think it's totally understandable with what we're going through at the moment. But just for you to be aware of, these are some tools that you can use when you feel called to use them and when you feel ready to use them or if you get triggered and you're feeling any spikes with your anxiety. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I am so grateful for all of you to be listening and supporting the podcast. Honestly, it's so great to hear all the feedback from all of you that are loving the podcast and make sure you share this episode to your socials. Tag me at Rage Active and we'll catch you next time on the Rage Active podcast. <laughs>